This week's episode of The Sports Lodge is brought to you by Call of Duty Gran Torino, the new multiplayer shooter where every player is Clint Eastwood's character from Gran Torino. Reach in for a gun and pull out your hand to get mowed down in a hail of gunfire by a Southeast Asian gang. <laughs> Call of Duty Gran Torino. We'll see you in suburban Detroit. And now it's time for the Sports Lodge. <laughs> bang, bang. <laughs> sounds like a cool video game yeah i i can't wait man i i actually did the pre-order on the playstation store so um i'm gonna download automatically yeah and i i haven't done that yet but you know i've been playing a lot of call of duty and i might just have to switch over to call of duty gran torino but yeah that game sounds cool it uh, might actually prompt me to spend the, you know, the money the president's going to give me into buying a, a video game system just so I can, um, I can play Call of Duty Gran Torino. Yeah, yeah you know, I, I like how they, they did something different because mm-hmm. like a lot of times the video game comes out pretty soon after the movie or <laughs> even at the same time. Mm-hmm. But I think it's cool how they they waited twelve years. Because yeah, now and the then they were like, let's get the video game out there. Now the movie's a classic. It's it's you know it's up there with The Godfather and uh, yeah, Life is Beautiful. It's up there with those movies and um, it's one of the greatest films of all time. Right, right? it's one That's of the greatest films of all time. And I, yeah. you know, and it also like I don't like how it's getting this like blowback from press for being a problematic game and a racist game. And um, also, some people will say it's even ageist because it's pretty much just you run around a course and you pull out what looks like a gun, but it's just your hand, and then you're you're killed immediately. I mean, one thing people don't talk about is how diverse the movie is. You know what I mean? And yeah, hey. because you have a lot of actors and then the game is also diverse. It's like, if you're going to whine about diversity all the time, don't complain when you get it. And it's yeah, exactly what you had in mind. Exactly. And like, I don't see ageism. I see a, a video game where where uh, senior citizens are are like more than represented, you know, they're featured. So to me, that's progress. Now, could you clear one thing up for me, Kevin? Mm-hmm. So, so you're, you play as Clint Eastwood? Yeah. Grand Torino? Okay. Yeah. So everybody, the, everybody's all... pulling out their finger <laughs> at each other. Is that... Yeah. So it's a multiplayer map. You're running around suburban Detroit um, or, you know, you know, whatever neighborhood in Detroit, and you're all Clint Eastwood in members-only jackets running around, and you can drink beer, you can, like, clean your car, but if you encounter another player, you reach for that hand, and then it's not controlled by another player. It's uh, in the game. There's Southeast Asian gang members who've taken over your neighborhood who just murder you. um, Got it, got it, okay. And then part of the game is then you get to watch as the police descend upon the neighborhood and arrest um, and profile people. And, wow. Yeah. So wow. It's, really, it's really true to Clint Eastwood's vision for the film in that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, to piggyback off of Jimmy's comments about ageism and how we, you know, we ignore that and, and it, this movie allows that to happen, it's like, Think about it. We've talked about it on this show. Antifa is recruiting elderly people. Why can't the good guys recruit elderly people as well? You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Um, and we're not saying who's good and bad necessarily. That's for you to decide. But, you know, look into exactly. your heart. Who's bad? But you heard it here first. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> also, I got to say, I love Clint Eastwood. I'm a huge fan. All of his movies. He has so much range as an actor. He's always like brought it and just disguised himself. I don't know why he doesn't get more credit than he does. He's like a chameleon. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I, I'm like, like who, who's that? And I, yeah. Like sometimes people I have, talk about like Christian Bale or whatever. Yeah. It's like Clint Eastwood's been doing that for way longer. Yeah. He kind of, he's like, sometimes he's a cowboy. Sometimes he's a cop. Sometimes he's a cop. Sometimes I mean, he's like friend. an older cowboy. Mm-hmm. And Grant Torino, he was an old, angry Polish American, and I was like, I forgot at times who I was watching up there. Oh yeah, I said, who's this unknown Polish, um, Polish American actor in the movie? And yeah, at the time, my head trauma nurse said, no, that's Clint Eastwood, because I'd suffered a pretty bad head trauma. But that's neither here nor there. But yeah, amazing, amazing film. I mean, he got me super. I fell in love watching. Was it Bridges in Madison County? Is that the one he or the Horse Whisperer? It's like he can do romance as well. Yeah, he can act with without actors on stage. Just a chair. He can angrily yell at a chair. That I do want to say that that is part of the game. Is you if you unlock it, you can (laughs) yell at a chair in multiplayer. Whoa! That's like an unlockable side mission or something. Yeah, I got to see a preview from one of my favorite favorite uh twitch streamers who got a you know press copy or whatever and yeah it was there were like 12 players on the map and like four of them were yelling at a chair and pulling out their incredible it was so cool and yeah like you know trouble with the curve clint you know all these clint and you can play as any of these clints but ultimately you're gonna pull out the hand and you're gonna get shot now, what I read is that it's all these Clint's, but they're all like post two thousand. Is that right, yeah, or like nineteen ninety five or something like that? It's the believers. It's the belief of the developers and myself, frankly, that two thousand sort of when Clint hit his stride as like a tough guy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's when I think he came into his own. And it's like after nine eleven, the world changed, and so did Clint Eastwood. Yeah. And he yeah. gave, I mean, his best roles, Million Dollar Baby, uh, The Mule, The Curve, The Mule, Gran Torino. Um, I'm sure we're forgetting some, but. It's too all, many. Yeah, and you can swipe through, you can switch out outfits, you can be anyone. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool. I'm, I'm really excited and I'm really happy that, uh, you know, like Jimmy said, it took him 12 years, but. We need it now more than ever. Clint's oh, the yeah. voice we need to. And, For sure. Um, yeah. So, and we should get uh, Randy Havens back on the show sometime soon and talk about his experience working with Clint since he was in the film Richard Jewell. Uh, which, did you guys see amazing. Richard Jewell? Did not. I didn't. I missed that one. I haven't seen it. Well, uh, if I'm on being. HBO now. So. If I'm being frank, I'm not the biggest Clint Eastwood fan as a director mm-hmm. because I don't get to see him. Right. Yeah, so the directed sure. movies I usually skip, but when he's right. in them, I will watch. Yeah. yeah. And I think he's got. He said he's done acting for for good. I think he's got nine or ten more roles in him. If I'm, you know, I think he's he's kind of. You're thinking he can go well into his 90s. <laughs> I think, honestly, to his hundreds. Wow. Yeah. I'd love to see it. I mean, I hope, you know, I pray for that. That'd be great. There's old cowboys, you know? I mean, hey, Jack Palance, you know? Yeah. Speaking of Polish-Americans. One of the all-time greats right there. It's like the only old Polish-American I can think of. Or he's just Polish, I think, right? Who, you know, I, I'll I save know. that for my Jack Pounds podcast that I got going on later. Yeah, come on, Kevin. Be professional here, man. I know. I hate when it bleeds over. I don't like to talk yeah. about it, but I got Pounds on the Brain. And that's the what name of your you? podcast, Pounds on the Brain. <laughs> so it sounds like a medical condition, but it's a podcast. Yeah, some people call it. A medical condition. Some people call it just being a fan. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> City Slickers too, baby. Thanks to that game for sponsoring us. And uh, yeah, how was y'all's week so far? A lot has happened. A lot hasn't happened. Yeah, you know, just um, just just out there having a great time, living life, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, second, I'll second what Jimmy's saying. I'll second that laugh. Um, <laughs> it's all good. Jimmy, of course, is essential, Jim now yeah oh He's yeah out there in it he's you know the people need to shop man and i'm happy to to perform that be that guy it's what makes this country great and hey don't forget jimmy the customer is always right <laughs> brother no matter I what never, i will never forget that that's <laughs> something i when i'm falling asleep at night and when i wake up in the morning it's my last thought it's my first thought Mm -hmm. always with me yeah so um but yeah i've I've, uh i don't know i'm alive i think i think jury's out oh fuck but yeah it's been uh it's been another week welcome back to school everyone uh hopefully you've survived the first week of school back most people are already getting sick so that's always a fun thing to look at yeah Um, that's good stuff students are essential yeah students are essential and if we don't have them exposing themselves will you this country can't be great no been uh i got out of brooklyn for the first time uh in four months this week Uh, i was outside of the apartment for longer than 40 minutes which i hadn't done since march and it was pretty great it's uh, nice to breathe fresh air and be out of the city and out of the three rooms that I spend my days in. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's very necessary. Yeah. Glad you did that. Yeah. I've... Yeah, it's, it's not as bad in, uh, sorry, Kevin, you know, it's, it's weird uh, how New York is now like the best place in the country to be, all things considered. Uh, it's strange from, from the March and April days where... <laughs> so weird scary out there so weird and yeah it's weird to see like i saw a map today of like the hot zones and new york and basically all the northeast is like the uh i don't know looks like the most sparsely most sparse covid cases i guess so yeah it's like weird that now we're better off than most of the country even Um, though we complain every week on the show when we go out and see how people are behaving even here in new york where it's like what what the fuck are we doing why are we ignoring this and yet we're still doing better than most it's yeah insane. i mean my theory on that is give it time but oh, yeah. still <laughs> i don't think it i it's hard for me to imagine it getting as bad as it was just mm. because at that time we were everyone was doing everything normally and you know so of course but now it's like I'm sure it'll go back up here, but I don't know how much it'll go up. Well, New Jersey, they're having full-on parties every weekend everywhere because I keep reading about the cops and people breaking up these giant parties all across New Jersey. And I've been seeing all the travel advisories that our governor's putting out to states like New Jersey and Rhode Island and stuff to be careful because I guess they're doing rougher out there. Well, you know, it's like the fucking virus is it's like it's gay to be afraid of the virus, so we... You know? It is. That's true, actually. Uh, Fauci invented it uh, because he's an Italian-American traitor and he's trying to undermine That's right. Trump. That's right. He's invented it and, uh, you know, he's... he's it's disgrazia is what we call him in Italian. No, I did That's go... disgraceful. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Thank you for translating. Um, There's some in our audience who don't speak Italian, so we just yeah. got to make sure they can keep up. Um, yeah. But I did go to, I went to New Jersey two weeks ago to Jersey City. Mm. And when you when I got off, at, I think it's called Grove Street, the path station there. It was like, because it's like the main square where there's like bars and restaurants. It almost felt like 
New Orleans or something. People were just out getting hammered. I was like, this mm-hmm. is not good. Even worse than what I've seen in New York City. But uh, so, yeah, inevitably, I think that'll cause shit to go up. But oh, yeah, and I mean, schools are going to open up in New York City as well. Full on live, everyone in classrooms, they're proceeding with that. So, you know, that'll that'll help the situation, I'm sure, to get our numbers yeah. back up. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, it does feel like we're kind of in a little a little lull, or it's like a, we've got a false sense of security right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. yeah, the way that the behavior of many of our fellow citizens uh, makes me concerned. <laughs> we'll me. be right back. Me where too. We are. I've sort of redoubled down. I think we talked about it, but like the last couple of weeks, I'm like sort of sealed up and become a hermit again after sort of dipping my toe out a little bit just because yeah like i i don't know see a lot of people do a lot of dumb shit and i don't want to be a part of that no i'm not trying to get coronavirus so we no um and switching over to sports people who don't want to get coronavirus uh seems to be college football the big story today, as we're recording on Monday, is the all of a sudden high possibility that the plug might be pulled on not just college football, but fall sports in general uh, in college. And that's that's what's happening as we record. And presidents and ADs are in meetings and in talks. The ADs of the Power Five conferences met over the weekend to discuss the possibilities. uh, The Pac-12 and Big Ten are the main kind of conferences spearheading this right now because a lot of presidents in the Big Ten don't feel comfortable proceeding as as planned. So we're back uh, back to that, of fighting whether we should do stuff or not. I I hate to say, like, it's, you know, like we've talked about, I've been enjoying watching baseball. I watch pretty much – I watch as much as I can, but – it's sort of a weird duality because it's like, I really enjoy watching it. And I also think it's really shown that trying to just force sports in without some kind of bubble situation, it's not going to go well. It's you're going to have outbreaks. Uh, you're going to have lots of injuries um, because they had to ramp up so quick. Uh, and they were just, you know, a lot of them were just sitting around or, doing minimal workouts for months. So, uh, yeah, they've, they've really been a good test case of like why this is a bad idea, even if they make it all the way through. And I think it's, it's, I mean, it's, you see how hard it is for professional athletes, guys who are getting paid hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars to, to like adhere to all the guidelines so it's kind of just unfair, I think, to, to ask college students who are already being exploited by the system to, like, it's going to be – it's just it, – there's going to be so much sacrifice involved just to try to pull off a season in the first place. It's just – it's not a good idea. No, and, and players are uniting, and they do want to play. So some of the big stars across – all of college football and conferences, they had like a, a, a video call or a, a Zoom meeting or something over the weekend, and they've released some statements. Um, the We Are United movement, which was the Pac-12 students, has joined up with the rest of other guys with the hashtag We Want to Play. And um, I'm looking at Trevor Lawrence's tweet right now where he, he kind of labels their demands – and the players, uh, what they're saying is, we all want to play football this season, but the things that need to happen is establish universal mandated health and safety procedures and protocols to protect college athletes against COVID-19 among all conferences throughout the NCAA, give players the opportunity to opt out and respect their decision, guarantee eligibility whether a player chooses to play the season or not, use our voices to establish open communication and trust between players and officials, ultimately create a college football players association. So like a union and representative of the players. Uh, this is representative of the players of all five power conferences. So that's what the players are saying, but you know, the players are of course going to say that 
I kind of agree with some analysts who are like, if we still, if they're still amateurs and we consider them to be amateurs and the decisions are made for them, then we have to make the decisions for them. You know what I mean? That's just kind of how it is right now. And I think if, if the presidents and stuff think it's safer not to play, they, they shouldn't play, which they don't think it's safer. They just, it's a monetary thing for them. Yeah. It just, it seems like a bad idea as much as I'm going to miss college football. Uh, it doesn't doesn't seem like uh, it's it's really worth the risk. It's already not going to be the same. There's going to be no fans. You're not going to play the same schedules. You know they yeah. the SEC released its sort of schedule with the conference players from the different divisions, um, which we can get into more because that was like a that was a fun debate that was happening because it was like normal of like oh these teams got an easier path than these others but Mm -hmm. but you know the sec acc and big 12 all want to go forward i feel like they're the ones that are kind of putting out but the bigger question now that i've seen other people talk about is who's really in charge like the ncaa isn't there's no you know every conference is doing whatever the fuck they want they have their own doctors. They have their own research. They have their own information. It's a lot like our country where there's no leadership. One set of rules or like, this is the doctors we're listening to. These are the reports we're listening to. Everyone has their own. So it's, it's, it doesn't, it's stupid. It's, it's ridiculous to me. Yeah. I just, I don't know why um, it shouldn't be a debate. Yeah. When it's amateurs and it's teenagers, basically, doing something that would put them and other people at risk. It's a lot different than like baseball, even where there's a risk, but they're adults and they're professionals and they can decide if, or if they do or don't want to take the risk. And yeah, it's not the same when it's basically children. (laughs) And yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It also shows like the NCAA is bullshit because if every conference can do whatever they want, why do we have the NCAA? What is their power? What do they do just in general? You know, like, is this something we look at now because they can't control how we play or who plays and who doesn't. So why do they get the save of anything ever? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of bad sports leadership. I mean, if it's anything like baseball, Rob Manfred, who is the commissioner, is basically just trying to look out for owners' interests and their financial interests. So, like, maybe that's the NCAA is basically there for. It's like, hey, how do we get all you schools to make the most money off these kids? Yeah. And I got to give a shout-out to Booger McFarland because we, we've crapped on him when he was the announcer, when he was an announcer on Monday Night Football, he wasn't a great announcer. And that's, that's okay. But I think Booger's still a smart guy and he knows what he's talking about. He was a good player and he's been around the game and everything. And, and I saw him on ESPN this morning, kind of his takes. And, and I agree with him a lot. Like he's saying, if, if it's too dangerous to have fans in the stadium, even at a limited capacity, but if it's too dangerous to have fans in the stadium and we got to protect them, then why does that not also extend to the student athlete? Yeah, yeah pretty straightforward. Like, <laughs> it's like, it's, I don't know, it makes sense to me. I mean, yeah, um, I guess the like naive view would be, well, because people love college football and like they've, the country's been through a lot and we want to give them this thing that, uh, you know, will be a way for them to like feel normal. Or, you know, the less naive, more, um, the, you know, what's the word? The more, like, jaded view of it is, hey, we stand to make a lot of money, and if this doesn't happen, we stand to lose a lot of money, and we can't have that. Cause... I mean, that's what it is. That's yeah. Because, yeah. Yeah. again, like Booger also said, if they actually care about safety, if, if safety is the reason they want, they're debating this, then just cancel it, because that's the safest thing you can do. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah. that's... Ugh. If that's what it was actually about, they would have canceled the season like a month ago. Yeah. But they, they've they been holding off as long as they possibly can because they're like, maybe 
there'll be some miracle that'll happen and it'll just go away and we can make yeah. all the money that we usually do off of these kids. I've heard a lot of talk about like a vaccine by the fall. I don't fucking think so, man. <laughs> like, have you seen? We we can't even get tests. Like, how yeah. how could this country get it together enough to have a vaccine and widely distribute it anytime in the next like six months? Uh, I don't think so. And even then, how do you know it works long term? Yeah, I, I even heard a uh, epidemiologist say like. Which this was kind of my gut, so it just reinforced what I thought. But they were like, "Yeah, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't get that first wave of vaccines. I don't think that's smart. If you can avoid it, like wait as long as you can. So wait to get autism. Don't get it right away. (laughs) Yeah, or if you already have it, pointing at myself, then don't make it worse. I'm kidding. I'm not an anti-vaxer. Parody, parody." Kidding, I don't parody. have autism. Parody, parody. Parody, no, parody. Joke, It's a joke. Autism's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, college football's on the brink. Uh, we'll, we'll know more by the time this is released, obviously, because I, I, I know they're in meetings right now um, trying to figure it out. But, you know, to all the presidents out there listening to us right now and listening to me, because I know they do... Don't do it. Don't play. Presidents of universities? Yeah. Yeah, they're the probably our biggest demo is university presidents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The president of Harvard, he actually texted me the other day. Um, and he was really into one of my more problematic bits. I shouldn't say which one, but, mm. you know, yeah. he loved it. Yeah, you know, we have the freedom to say what, what they can't say, you know. So. <laughs> Pretty awesome. Yeah, just because they're cowards, but yeah. Yeah, that's true. We're free from cowardice. But yeah, so that's the college football situation, which we'll see what happens. Um, so they're, yeah. they're meeting today and tomorrow, so then... They're just constantly in meetings right now trying to figure out what the fuck to do. Because the other thing people are saying is like, all right, cool. You cancel the season now. That's the right thing. Do you guys have a plan of what happens after? Like, is there going to be another the season in the spring? Are you guys going to just pretend like everything's going to go back to normal in 2021? Uh, are players going to lose eligibility? Like, what is the plan for everyone if you can't? Like, they don't have those answers either. They're just so unprepared in general. It sounds a lot like baseball to me. Yeah. Yeah. What a mess. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. I think the smart thing to do is like cancel now and then figure all that shit out later. Yeah. You don't have to get that all squared away right this second. Yeah, because if you cancel now, then you spend your time figuring that out instead of the schedules and traveling and all that. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, everybody, it's it's just like the, the entire country has has taken this approach of – Let's just uh, wait and hope it goes away. <laughs> and you know what? It's it's still not working. <laughs> we're gonna keep, we're gonna keep trying that. Uh, maybe it'll just go away thing. Um, but you you're know, gonna there's gonna be egg on your face when tomorrow we wake up and the cover of the New York Times is just it went away. Yeah, the president was like, <laughs> I was right. I was right. I told you it would go away. I told you it would go away. It's going to go away. <laughs> going away. Um, away. It's gone. It's gone. It can't hurt you anymore, my little babies. So that's the college football. We, we don't have anything else. I mean, there's nothing else coming out right now. We'll see what happens. But but baseball, you said you've been watching a bunch of baseball. Mm-hmm. We can get into, like, maybe talking some fun stuff. It's not just – deadly um so we're not going to talk about the cardinals because they have a real outbreak now on their team and they've postponed this week's games for them as well because more players have tested positive yeah their their outbreak seems to be worse than the marlins the marlins are back playing um you know i think that they had to bring up a bunch of people and it makes me a little nervous because i think uh the braves are playing in philly then they're playing here in new york against the yankees which i'm excited about and then they have to go down to Miami and play the Marlins. And that just makes me like scared for them. I'm like, 
you really don't want to be going into Miami um, right now. But I don't know. But uh, fun stuff, you know. Yeah, the Braves are playing well. Braves are playing great. Uh, They did, you know, sadly last week lost Mike Soroka with a Achilles tear. Our best pitcher and ace is out for the – for a year, over a year. And that – Yeah, that's tough. It's young really guy. tough. Really tough because he's one of the bright young stars of the game. I'm sure he'll be back, but not for – probably, yeah, a year, I think, is average recovery time from that. And there's been other injuries. Like, there's a lot of injuries because – A lot of pitchers. Yeah, having to mm-hmm. ramp up like this. Um, turns out not not easy to do. And is hard on your arm and your body, but the good news is uh, yesterday in the doubleheader the Braves played. Oh boy, they really exploded offensively. I kind of like these seven inning doubleheaders that they're I doing. I do too. When they play think... doubleheaders now, uh, the games. For those of you who don't know, when they play doubleheaders now, the games are only seven innings, and they're playing. I think what is it, one doubleheader a month or two a month to squeeze in as many games as possible. Yeah, yeah. I think it's one of the good additions from this season i think like the seven inning doubleheader uh national league having a dh i like that mm-hmm. uh the I extra kinda, inning rules i think are fun it was a, it happened again in oakland that was a fun game with runners on base immediately yeah i definitely you know i could see the argument for not wanting to keep that but i think it does make for more entertaining extra innings yeah so I think uh, those it's been good. I'm sure the uh, the like middle relievers are a little anxious about seven inning games, though, because they're like that's because people, you know, with all these new rule changes, people are like, so is baseball going to stick with this? Yeah, going forward, and I've heard people be skeptical about seven inning games because they're like, well, that eliminates jobs for players mm. if you. Uh, you know, if you don't need as many relievers in the future. Well, Jeff Francoeur was arguing that a little bit yesterday. And he was saying what you could possibly do or what teams are possibly going to do now, rather than having five starters, you can just have your four starters. And then you have the middle reliever guys can be like an opener, a mid game and a close, you know, like you can stagger them oh, yeah. to kind of do a committee sort of thing on your fifth day. Because like he was saying, sometimes the fifth starter is usually multiple guys throughout a year because they kind of suck. So mm-hmm. like they'll be hot and then they get pushed down to AAA and you bring a new guy in to be your fifth starter. So he's like, maybe we could just have guys that are middle relievers be or long innings relievers open the game and then you kind of do a committee, which is like, that's not a bad idea. No, that, that is, that's a good idea. Yeah. Keep them working, like you said. Keep the jobs open, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Uh... That sounds like a pretty good solution. And um, what's crazy is I think we're already like over a quarter of the way through the baseball season. So, um, and like, yeah, we thought they were going to shut it down and maybe they should have, and maybe they still will. But at the moment. um, Well, Manfred released that mask mandate where you have to wear masks. Baseball players have to be seen wearing masks and wear masks like in the hotels and everywhere or else they'll shut the season down. If anyone gets ratted out or caught, like, breaking the mask rules, mm-hmm. he sa- he says he will shut the season down. And a lot of players have been wearing masks on the field. Mm-hmm. Like, Didi Gregorius for Reese the Phillies. Reese Hoskins. Reese Hoskins. Um, and... Cucks. Cucks. They're all cucks. <laughs> Seriously. And like, I didn't want to say it, but yeah. And the players, <laughs> the players have... Uh, Especially, like, on the Braves, like, they don't do any, like, physical contact in the dugout at all. Like, they even had that walk-off home run celebration from Nick Markakis where the whole team just stood around the batter's box and, like, jumped up and down. Yeah. Which I thought was a nice, uh, you know, it shows that they're taking it seriously. Like, yeah. So, good for them. Well, they know that they have a chance at the playoffs and they get kind of far, so let's not get sick. Yeah, let's – Yeah. Hey. I do also want to shout out from last week, um, and and don't worry, dear listener, we'll get off the Braves here soon, but uh, the Braves were playing the Toronto Blue Jays in Atlanta last week, and uh, 
the the organization did a pretty good troll and uh-huh. we've talked about the Braves organist yeah. before trolling players that come up to bat but there's a player for the Blue Jays a catcher named Reese McGuire mm. who last year was caught by police masturbating in a parking lot like just on his own <laughs> yep and so the you know he was playing in the game and the Braves organist they trolled him they started playing uh, they played the song Beat It by Michael Jackson when he came up to bat which <laughs> Kind of corny, yeah. but in baseball terms, that's a huge troll. That's a huge troll, and oh yeah, uh, I remember. I'm sure we, yeah, I remember talking about that. Um, Reese McGuire getting busted um, uh, masturbating in his car for some reason, and I actually <laughs> went. I actually went because um, I was I forgot about that, and I was like, oh, that's the guy. Mm-hmm. And you can find his arrest video on TMZ which I watched and it's, it's pretty painful because it's the most calm like arrest. You can tell he's like very measured and like quiet. Cause you can tell he's probably mortified and he asked, he's like, um, officer. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, um, so is this going to be the kind of thing where you, you have to write me up and arrest me or, and the cops like, look, um, multiple people saw you doing what you were doing in your car. So, yeah, we're going to have to arrest you. <laughs> and then they ask him, like, so do you you live around here? Because it's in Florida, right? Like, for spring training. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, I live in an apartment. And they're like, do you have roommates? And he's like, yeah. And he's they're like, so... And he's like, but that's not why I was doing it. Like, I wasn't jerking off in my car because my roommates were home. I just felt like doing it. And that's pretty much what he says. It's insane. Um, uh, well, you know, uh, we got to let the legal system handle him. You know, he's we shouldn't judge him, guys. That's what I'm trying to say. I mean, you look, can't blame him because if you yeah. do the timeline back to when it happened, that's when Bazungas.com released <laughs> – some of its new crop of videos. That's true. Yeah, look, I was jerking it everywhere I was at. Too. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. A come on. 23-year-old guy. He got a push notification from bazungas.com as he was parking his car. What do you want him to do? He's he would have been quick if he wouldn't have been bothered. Yeah, if those cops <laughs> exactly. hadn't annoyed him. What what's happened to our society, man? People used to see that and they'd say, Oh, that, I guess that guy just Needed to honk off. Well, I'll mind my own business and look the other way. Now you got people calling the cops on. He's not hurting anybody. Mm-mm. If I had a nickel for every time I'd walk by a guy jerking off in public, I'd have 10 cents. Because I'd I've have seen- a little bit more than that, actually. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm seeing a decent amount, in, both in Atlanta and in New York. Okay. Um, yeah. I'd have like 50 cents. Oh, wow. Well, that's a lot of cents. Yeah, yeah, I had a particularly traumatic one with with Kevin. We mm-hmm. witnessed that one together. That I think that might be my only one though. So I had that one, and then I saw another one um, on the Twenty Third Street ACE platform, uh, like Very two cool. months later. <laughs> I've um, stopped two men from honking off on the subway. <laughs> how do you I, how do you stop a guy from honking off on the subway? Yeah. I honk off. First. No. Uh, no, it's a race. It's a race. I'm going to win. Um, uh, no, I, what, I, what I've done is I, I like to play stupid. And so, like, there was a guy, like, next to me, and he's – I noticed it because his hand was moving, and he was moving, and it, we were, like, shoulder to shoulder. And I was like, oh, God. Jesus so, I just play Christ. stupid. I'm like, hey, man, are you, are you jerking off right now? Like, I start asking him questions <laughs> about what he's doing, and then that – Usually, because then it's not threatening, and then they get more freaked out that I'm that stupid, maybe. And the guy just like ran off the next stop. <laughs> cool, Jesus. man. That's really. Yeah, I mean, I just play it like that because then it's like non-threatening, and I don't. I won't fight a guy who's been touching his dick. Mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. It diffuses it, and then everyone else gets mad on the train because then, like, the other guys on the train are like, hey, fuck you, you know, and then it, it's mm-hmm. like they handle it from there, but I'll start it. <laughs> you yeah. say it? Oh, so you say it loud enough? I say it loud, like, hey, man, are you, are you jerking off right now, dude? <laughs> and everyone's like, what? <laughs> uh, 
man. Gross. But yeah, shout out to Reese McGuire. Uh, hopefully you'll get to come someday. Yeah. Yeah. Interrupted. Uh, hope to be continued jer- jerk off session in your car, I guess. I did um, stick into baseball. I did also want to talk about the Astros brawl that happened yesterday uh, between the Astros and the A's, which I thought was pretty cool. And it was kind of the other way around. This time, in this uh, instance, the Astros pitcher beamed Ramon Laureano of the Oakland Athletics, who's one of their best players. And then the Astros hitting coach in the dugout started yelling at Laureano. And rather than charging the pitcher, Ramon Laureano charged the dugout and went after the coach, which nice. is baller move. Yeah, uh, yeah. And apparently he'd been hit in the in the first two games yeah. of their series too. So he had like a legitimate beef. It was building. Yeah. Where he's like, why the fuck are you guys hitting me every single game? It's like I'm the so, best player on this – or the best hitter I know right now for the A's, so stop fucking yeah. hitting me. And are they yeah. beefing with the A's because Mark Fears is on the team? I think that's some of it too. The guy it who has to be, right? blew the whistle on the Astros. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm sure that's part of it. And they can't throw at him because there's a DH, so. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I understand the anger, I guess. Or, yeah, it makes sense, but it's like, guys, you, you, can't, you can't get mad because you cheated and you got busted. <laughs> yeah. You can't retaliate for that. They're lucky there's no fans. Like, mm-hmm. if anything, oh, yeah. they're really getting away with, with it, having no fans in the stadium. I know people will remember, but it's not as fresh. You know, it's not the same. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's one thing we – I don't know how much we talked about, really, the first thing that happened with them with the Dodgers, but Joe Kelly – I mean, a lot of people were like, he got suspended for eight games. Um. And it's fucked up to throw it, you know. Obviously, it's dangerous to throw a ball near someone's head. So, I understand he needed to get suspended. But there are a lot of people who are like, the Astros players still haven't really experienced any real punishment mm-hmm. here for their part in the cheating. You know? Yeah. This guy was suspended more than all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the guy who threw at them – has a more severe yeah like because they literally no one the gm and the coach the manager got fired and that's it um so i'm sure there's a lot of resentment in baseball towards those guys still so it's gonna be interesting and they're not even traveling to the east coast you know what i mean they're not having to play the red Sox. they're not having it because joe kelly played for the red Sox team that got eliminated and that's why he was mad that's right. But yeah. they're not having to play the Yankees either right now. They're not having, you know, all the other yeah. teams they've eliminated, they they get to avoid. Yep. Yeah, that's going to be – as long as they're players from that team on the Astros, there's going to be some bad blood all over the league. So, I don't know. I like it. It's kind of fun, um, you know, because, again, I'm not the biggest baseball fan, but I love beef of any kind in sports i love when players are beefing when you know and and all that and it's nice to see it in baseball yeah i like when players beef i like to beef every now and then by that i mean toot but (laughs) you know um it is it is is like uh you know there is a strong tradition of baseball players being cops which it can be annoying and I think it's kind of dying down. But in this one instance, it's like, well, yeah, if the league's going to not really do anything to like punish these guys or do something. Yeah. This is going to keep happening because there's a lot of justifiably angry players around the league. Yeah. It's also crazy to me that they didn't think this would get out, you know, because it's like players get traded, people talk and especially pitchers. I'm sure Mark fears was like pissed off on some level because he's like he didn't benefit from that other mm-hmm. than getting wins but like he probably is like damn pitchers are getting like robbed of uh knowing how good they are because these fuckers were cheating and i don't think they were the only ones but i think they were the most egregious 
Yeah. So, yeah, it's like crazy that they thought, oh, we can just do this and we'll get away with it. Well, that's a good point. I think, I don't remember who it was that said it, but in sports, especially professional sports, if a team or a player gets busted doing something illegal, that means everyone else is doing it. You just, that's just the one person or one team that got caught. Like when the Saints were caught with the bounty against Brett Favre when they were trying to injure him, it's like, other NFL guys are like, if you think that doesn't happen literally on every defensive coordinator's office, like figuring out who to go after, then you're just naive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were just the only ones that got caught. In the same way with this, like, I think it was implied that um, – who was it that came with McCann from the Yankees? Beltron. To the Astros? Well, Beltron was, do- was starting to do it on other teams when he left as a coach. Okay. Well, I just yeah. remember hearing that some player that came to the Astros, and I, I'm blanking on it, but like with McCann, um, I think Evan Gaddis said this because he was on that Astros team, um, that somebody was like, oh, man, you guys, like you need to step up your sign stealing. And, and McCann was trying to like shut it down. I was like, no, come on, man. Don't. But like basically they took a lot of that stuff from the Yankees is what was implied. <laughs> yeah. So strongly implying the Yankees were doing the same shit. And yeah, if assuming yeah. that those teams were doing some version of it, then they probably, yeah, so many teams are probably doing it. Because, yeah, sign stealing has been a thing forever. And I'm sure they justified it by being like, well, we're just like basically doing sign stealing. Yeah. But with cameras <laughs> and trash cans and trash cans and buzzers <laughs> yeah. and. Um, so yeah, but that's how cheating goes, you know, you, you, you cheat a little bit and then before you know it, you're a big stinking cheater. But, um, but yeah, so baseball is still happening still. How are they going to do by the way? Um, cause I haven't looked this up totally with baseball. How are they going to do the records and the everything with teams like the Marlins, now the Cardinals and the Phillies and stuff who've missed games. Is it just going to go by winning percentage? I don't think they know yet. I think they're going to have to figure that out when they get to it. Yeah, because the Braves have played so many more games than the Phillies and Marlins because they both missed the series with each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think think originally the plan was to go off winning percentage, but now those teams have missed so many games – that like that wouldn't be fair because yeah you know if you if you play 15 fewer games than everybody else like that's too much of an advantage um so i don't know what they're gonna do i mean yeah i've looked it up and i didn't see anything anywhere i couldn't find any yeah yeah i think they're they're like probably trying to figure that out uh (laughs) now because inevitably you're going to piss off a team and a fan base pretty much no matter what decision you make. Well, and the thing about it with the Marlins, you can sort of justify and say, well, they're kind of a shitty team anyway. Their record probably won't be that good. So they're not going to make the playoffs, but the Cardinals were a team that maybe was going to contend for the playoffs. You know, they're like a solid team. Same with the Phillies. Um, Or what if the Phillies get – they miss those games early, but what if they get hot at the end and then all of a sudden they've played 10 less games than everyone else? You're going to penalize – it's a – yeah, there's like a no-win situation here. It's weird. Yeah. I think – Yeah. It's going to be – I think that right now they're just hoping that it resolves itself and they don't have to make a tough call. Um, but it looks like there probably will be at least one difficult decision to make regarding that, assuming they make it to the end of the season. Yes. That's a very big if. Yes. Um, Yeah, that's true. Who knows? But but who knows? Um, I've also been watching a ton of NBA basketball. It's been really fun. Uh, the bubble is is worked so far. Um, the Bucks are struggling. It's it's looking like a wide open race in the NBA all of a sudden because the Bucks have been struggling, even though they've solidified the number one seed already, the number one overall seed. But you know they've still lost a bunch of games. The Heat look really good. The Raptors look good, except for the one game they got destroyed by Boston. The Rockets are looking awesome. The Sixers are suddenly injured with 
Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons out. Um, Luca looks really good, and the Mavs, I don't know, but the, he looks awesome. Um, yeah, there's been a lot of really good games. The Blazers are trying to get in. They uh, they had a fun game against the Clippers the other day where Damian Lillard missed two free throws to win the game and then got heavily heckled and trolled by the Clippers bench. And mm, they, of nice. course, fed into Twitter. And uh-huh. uh, it, it, got, it got heated. And so then he scored 51 points in the next game. Um, the Suns look really good. And they're trying to make the play. It's, it's wild. The NBA has gotten wild. But there's a lot of injuries there, too, just like in, in baseball. And I think that's the pattern that we're going to see across all sports. Now, I, I have not been following the NBA as closely, partially because, yeah, the – I mean, the, my team, the Hawks, yeah. is just not there. Um, I'm sure I'm going to pick it up in the playoffs. But who should I be rooting for in the playoffs? Who can I pretend to be my team? I don't know. Uh, it'll depend on sort of players you like and, and style. I've – I'm jumping aboard the Raptors bandwagon uh, mm-hmm. again. I like them. Uh, they're playing just as well without Kawhi. They got some young stars. They play hard. I think they have the best coach or one of the best coaches in the NBA. So in the East, I like the Raptors a lot. I like the Bucks still. Don't get me wrong. But um, I don't know. There's something about Coach Bud that bugs me. <laughs> coach Budenholzer. Yeah. He bugs me a little bit. Um, coach Boozenholzer. And then on the West, it's just, like, wide open. It depend- Do you want teams with stars? you got both L.A. teams that are loaded with stars. The Rockets are a little bit of an underdog team, which, by the way, I love that the Rockets are dominating because NBA nerd writers who normally just hate Russell Westbrook and James Harden are having to compliment them and give them good write-ups. And it, you can tell it hurts some of these mm. NBA writers because they just hate those guys. They hate them so much. <laughs> but I think they're a real threat because uh, they're just playing really well. They beat the Bucks. They, you know, James Harden defended Giannis really well, actually, in the end of the game. So, all right, he's lost weight. He's stepped it up, but he's kept the beard weight, right? He's got the beard weight. Respect. Yeah, and well, he's got the gut he, still. That's where his strength comes from, just yes. like um, Samson in the Bible. Um, <laughs> I'm going for the Bucks because I'd love to see the city of Milwaukee get a championship. Um, and they're easier to root for. And they're easy to Giannis root for. I mean, shit. Yeah, I can not like Giannis. So, uh, but yeah, the NBA playoffs are going to be fun. I'm excited about that. It's it's the, always it's always good stuff. The Pacers are a super ultra dark horse. Um, who they have a guy named TJ Warren on the team who's leading the league in scoring since the bubble who got traded to the Pacers for cash considerations. That's how little the Suns thought of him. They just gave him up for cash considerations Damn. and he's averaging 36 points a game, I think right now, just Woof. destroying people. So they're a weird dark horse in the East. The Celtics, I wouldn't recommend rooting for, even though they're very good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Same with yeah. Dallas. I, I, Again, nothing against Luca, but because the NBA writers want to pit him against Trey, I can't root for Dallas. I, I just also don't like Mark Cuban. So, yeah. but they're going to yeah. be a good team. But I think your best bets are the LA teams, Milwaukee and Toronto. Those are the favorites by far, I think. And uh, that's who I think we're going to be seeing get pretty, and Boston. And that's who we're going to see getting far in the playoffs. All right. Well, it should be exciting. Uh, I'll be tuning in. But it's oh, fun. yeah. And the other sports I've been watching is Champions League because that came back over the weekend. And we are now to our single elimination tournament that comes up uh, this week. So that's another thing to tune in for for anyone looking for sports. Yeah. I saw Barcelona. They beat the crap out of Napoli, right? Yeah, Lionel Messi is uh, back to being Lionel Messi. But I don't think Barca is going to – get out of this round as much as I love them because they have to play Bayern Munich and I think they're the favorites to win it all. Bayern is really good. Yeah. The Bayern Munich. But yeah, that's happening in Europe. Um, also with soccer, real quick, something I saw that's weird. Here in the United States, Major League Soccer, they're going to go, the tournament ends, the tournament they're playing ends on Tuesday. Um, 
but they're going to be playing the league again in home cities. So like Atlanta United will be back in Atlanta playing. They're thinking about letting fans into the stadiums um, at a limited capacity. And ironically enough, the first team that wants to do it is Dallas, who was the team that didn't even participate in the tournament because they had too many coronavirus cases. So as good a job as the MLS has done so far, I think letting fans in is a mistake and they shouldn't do it. Not in this country. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like a bad call. Yep. Seems like a bad call. But. Yeah, don't do not do that. Just you don't have to. It's a don't. Yeah. Just eat, yeah. Eat, the, eat the loss for now. Right. And then, uh, yeah, the NFL's going forward, it looks like. And I got to, you know, watching, watching like sports shows and stuff. I'm a little low-key, like, excited for the Falcons, assuming they play. Because all the talk is on Tom Brady and, uh, and uh, Drew Brees and the Saints. And the Falcons, I don't know. They always let me down, but I'm getting low-key excited for them with Todd Gurley in, in the mix. Yeah, you know, sometimes it's best to fly under the radar, man. Um I mean, the Falcons, I guess all Atlanta teams always kind of fly under the radar because no one respects us, but, um, but yeah, maybe it's, maybe it's good. You think Matt Ryan's still got plenty in the tank, I think. I know, because I saw a debate where it was like, who's the best quarterback in the in – the, or, or who's the quarterbacks, you know, that you want to see, you know, or that are like in the NFC South. And it's like Drew – everyone talked about Drew Brees and like fucking Tom Brady, of course, and all this stuff. But Matt Ryan never gets mentioned. It's like – Yeah. He's like top five passer the last like five years. Yeah. Little and respect. Have Julio Jones. <laughs> so we yeah. – so you guys think they're going to force through oh, NFL's yeah. going to happen? Yeah. I think 100% they're going to force through. I can't imagine. If baseball got it to happen, I'm sure football will. Um, yeah. The, yeah, it seems like – seems they shouldn't, but they probably No, will. they should not, but they will. Yeah. Um, I guess what they have in their favor is fewer travel days than baseball, so – I don't know. And the NFL is already trying to cash in on the college stuff because they're already trying to figure out how to do games on Friday and Saturday nights if there's going to be no college football, you know. So they're already in it for the money hard, like mm-hmm. looking looking for ways to do that. Yeah. Well, we can, we can all get together for tailgates at home and But watch. they're already doing that in – are they not doing that in outside stadiums already? Because weren't they weren't there fans outside Philly's stadium? Yeah, apparently they call themselves the Fandemics, Ugh. and there's like these Philly people who gather outside the stadium and they blast air horns during the game. And apparently it was really annoying the Yankees. Which if you if you say anything about it annoying you and you're Yankee in Philly, of course they're going to keep doing it. But yeah, they're. They're sort of doing that, which, I mean, I guess you can't stop them. It's not a great idea, but I don't know. Yeah. What do you mean I can't go see the Phillies, bro? I got all my wool here, and I'm going <laughs> to blow some air horns outside the stadium. <laughs> and I'm taking the SEPTA down to, to cheer on the Phils. <laughs> you can't stop me. I'll fucking fight you, dude. <laughs> Well, we'll go do the same. We'll go outside Yankee Stadium and blow some air horns. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of anything I'd like to do more than take a subway to the South Bronx and stand outside a stadium. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah. yeah, with with that, I think that – I don't know. I got nothing else in terms of uh, sports stuff I saw this week. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, comprehensive coverage as always. Yeah. By us. <laughs> Uh, I do want to say before we go and before we wrap this classic up, um, I tweeted about it, but yeah, if you guys uh, just listen to our show for music, I put together a little playlist of all the music that's been uh, very legally used on our show on Spotify. So um, yeah, if you want to check out like pretty much almost every song that's been featured on on our episodes, Fight songs, pop songs, rock songs, all of it. It's on there. Check it out on Spotify. Nice. Yeah, I'm going to do that right now. It's a wild mix. I'll say that. 
Okay, cool. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I guess with that, we're going to wrap it up here. And um, everyone, uh, yeah, stay safe, stay alive, keep wearing masks. And, uh, yeah, do what you can during these times. Yeah, Papa bless. Papa Papa bless us, everyone. Bye. Bye. Touch me. Cucks. Cucks, they're all cucks. (laughs)